Welcome to Nine Points Started With A Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. Question for you, how do you deal with critics? You know, how do you deal with people doubting you? Do you let it get to you or do you just ignore it and just say, I'm going to be great regardless of what you think of me? But that was so we have Marlon Ville and, and that's, what, that's what his mindset is. You know, he he was told he's undersized. He was told X, Y, Z, but he was just like, yo, I'm going to be great regardless of what you think of me. And his journey is so cool just to see, you know, how he went from New Orleans to playing ball in Turkey and just, you know, from the injuries to everything that he overcome and just to get to where he is today. And I think something that we can all learn from and something we can all grow and gain some insight from. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope you gain some insight, you know, and let's get to it. So Marlon, the question that everyone that comes on is when you're younger as an athlete, what was one of your biggest dream goals you want to achieve? Biggest goals I wanted to achieve was just to make my family happy. That's just like really one of my biggest goals. I'm happy. I'm good with everything else. So even as like a, a kid, that was like your main goal? Absolutely. What about that drove you, right? Because like the reason why I asked you that because all of you come on, they're like, I want to go to NBA. I wanted to be an Olympian, all that. But you were like, no, it's just about making the family happy. Nah, nah, really growing up, like I ain't have a lot. Like I ain't have a lot of things. Like my mom made sure she got us when, you know, whatever we needed, but I didn't have a lot of stuff. So like seeing my mom in such certain situations, certain situations I've been in, I just always wanted to make sure like a day, like I don't want to ever like live this again. I want to make sure my family's straight. That's the most important thing. For sure. And I think a lot of us can make that because like, like me, like I'll raise my mom too, right? So for me, it's like everything I do, I'm like, I want to one day give her back what she gave me. Like, you know, right. just like how she grinded to make sure, you know, I'll be able to go to go to school here and do all the other things. So for you, how do you think I'm going to go about achieving, making a family proud and all that stuff? I mean, that's the most important thing. That's one of the main things that motivate me. So how do you, how do you think you're going to go about doing that? I, I just thought I was going to try to be the best player I can be in basketball. I really realized at a certain point that it's a lot of people that can't guard this. Things mm-hmm. I do, like, it's a lot of people. Like, I didn't play against, like, some of the top players in the nation. Like, I didn't play against so many people, like, NBA players I didn't play with. Like, they can't stop this. Like, yeah. nobody. So I just feel like I can make my family happy doing what I love. I watched your IG a few days ago when, I, when, you, when you first started. I was like, yeah, I was like, yo, this dude, nice. like, you quick. Yeah, I think I realized at a certain point that people used to tell me I'm fast. I'm like, man, you fast. But I didn't really realize it until I got to, like, really, like, my senior year and, and this pro just this past season, I realized, like, my speed different. Because I was looking at it, like, you have a crossover and you can, like, transition into that to – you know, your next step. And it's just like, like kind of like realize they're like, you already passed them. Like it's second nature just to like, just do certain movements. Like other people, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't see a lot of people react that fast. Yeah. So for you growing up, you know, how do you find basketball? Was it just like there? Like my mom told me, like I was in a womb. My mom, she always tell the same story about how like, Man, she used to hold me down at the doctor's office. Like, I used to have to hold her stomach down because, like, I'd be in her stomach just moving so much. Like, and she said she used to have to hold her belly down. So, like, all the water noises, like, the water noises used to be so loud. She was like, man, I used to be playing, dribbling the basketball in her womb. Like, so she always tell her story. Like, ever since I was a kid, like, I just was drawn to basketball. 
So growing up, you know, you said you're, you're drawn to basketball. So in school, was it just like you were always the best at it or was it something that you kind of had to progress over time? I really was always one of the best, like, growing up, like, even in whether it's, like, middle school, the city. It was at one point to where I was always one of the best, but I was always one of the smallest as well. So, like, when you're younger, that's a factor because everybody is bigger than you. You know, just just certain things that I couldn't help, like, strength-wise. Like, that might be why other people was thought to be better than me. But skill-wise, I always thought I had the upper hand, but... You know, when you're playing basketball, size does matter sometimes. So, But as we got older and I was able to figure out a way to handle myself, like, it was over for that. So being, you know, kind of, I guess, an underdog a little bit, did it kind of fuel you? Like, if a dude was like, yo, I'm, I'm 6'1", I'm about to, you know, stomp you, whatever. Here you almost like... Oh, yeah, like, yeah. It don't matter. I didn't dunk on seven for the... Like, it don't matter. Especially once my athleticism... I was always athletic, but once I started dunking, like, it was... It added a different element to my game. Like, even, you know, 6'10 niggas moving out the way when I'm driving to the goal. I'm like, I'm looking like, what the hell? Like, these niggas just moving out the way. Yeah. So, for you, you kind of always have this kind of chip on your shoulder a little bit, you know, like just, or you just like, I'm just going to play. No, nah, I mean, when you're playing, and you're, if you're a guard, you might, in my size, like, you got to be playing with a chip on your shoulder because that'll be the only way you survive, like, on the basketball court. So, I feel like every small guy plays a bitch chip on their shoulder. Yeah. So growing up in New Orleans, right, you know, there's, there's opportunities that are good and opportunities that are bad. So how did you kind of, like, make sure you you stayed in, in the right lane to, you know, make sure you were able to achieve those goals? I just didn't get in trouble. Like, I didn't want to face my mom's right? So <laughs> I just stayed out of trouble. So the fear of my mom kept me away from a lot of things. So, you know, I think just, I was never, like, a bad kid ever, like, so I just always was never in trouble, like, talking about it. My mom, like, she she had this look. I was like, I don't want to see her look no more, so I was, I was Not all... at all. <laughs> Not at all. I was the same way. Yeah. So when it, when it came down, like, to kind of going to college, how did you, you know, were you, like, you, you, like, I was going to stay home, or did we have an opportunity to go other places? Or? Well, I had some offers, but it was never, no, like, Offers like I felt like I deserved. Like my senior in high school, I won every award like you could win in the state of Louisiana, except except a Gatorade Player of the Year, which was what goes into Gatorade Player of the Year. Like it also goes into like community service hours, stuff like that. Like you, the student's GPA. Like I didn't have the highest GPA, but like my senior, I won New Orleans Metro Player of the Year, like District MVP. Like I won almost every other war other than those two. So, like, I felt like I was one of the best players in the state. How did that feel, you know, just to know that you were one of the, the top ranks, like, you know, among your peers, just uh, to know how the journey started, to be like, to look back on like, that senior year, be like, dang, I came a long way. I mean, when I started getting these awards, like, after my, like going after my senior year, I'm like, all right, I might get, to, I might get this award. But then, like, district MVP, they had a, you know, one of my best friends named Melvin Frazier, he he played for the Orlando Magic right now. Like he was in our in our district. Like I'm thinking he about to win it. He got, you know, all these D one offers from all these top colleges and I won, you know, won that. Like I was like, damn, that's crazy. I could have swore he was gonna get it. Like and I would have been happy for him because he like one of my best friends. Either way it go, like I would have been happy, but I just thought he would have had the upper hand in that race. 
how did mom feel once you know year three like you started doing all the achievements and stuff like that i mean my mom is like never surprised at anything i do like she always tell me like my brother goes up and shows her my highlights on his phone like and she'd be like okay like she don't be impressed at all like you've been doing this like ain't no surprise she don't even like seeing it she's like, like oh, well I, this is what you're supposed to do yeah right exactly so that's what's up so when it came down to the children in school you went to i want to say was it southeastern yeah southeastern louisiana so going from you know being the top dog you know and in, in high school how was it that freshman year uh so like my freshman year they had like six or seven seniors like on the team so like and then they had like a starting point guard who was a senior already like he came he had transfers there from murray state so he had already been there he's like a veteran point guard so when i got there it was like oh yeah i know i'm a play but like, these dudes trying to show me that they seniors, they going to play. But, like, fast forward, like, six, seven games into the season, I was starting, I started every other game after that. So, it was really a learning experience. Like, I really had to learn how to play basketball. So, like because, like, before you were just athletic, right? You were just able to just be quicker than how you can. had to, like, kind of learn, like, more, I guess. I had to learn how to slow my – I was just too fast for myself. I just had to slow my game down and really, like, learn how to watch film and, like, analyze the game and see where I need to, like, instead of jumping up to throw this pass, I need to jump, stop, pivot, and just throw this nice little simple pass and just mm-hmm. get this assist instead of trying to throw that bitch behind my back between <laughs> both people. Make the highlight. Like, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> so who do you idolize? People don't know my one of my favorite point guards, like Jason Kidd, Allen Iverson. Like dudes like Baron Davis, Gilbert Arenas, like them dudes just kill us. So and then like you know people call me Baby Westbrook, but like I don't try to play like Westbrook, but that's what people see. I can't be Russell Westbrook. I'm not no six two, six three, crazy powerful guard. Like I don't do the same thing, but people tend to try to compare us. When I watched your first highlight on IG, I was like, dang, he had he had like that that Westbrook type athleticism, you know. And like that, the way you you quick with it. But what's cool about you though is like you're five nine, right around there. Right, right. So you five nine doing stuff, you know. That what he's what six four, whatever it is, six five, three six three. Yeah. So it's like I met him on like twice. Mm-hmm. So for any kid out there, that's right. You know that, that people think that that they're too short or like that. What would you say to them about you know taking attacking the game? I mean, I had this thing that I say, like, killer critics. Like, don't listen. Don't never listen to what people got to say. Like, just killer critics. You take that in and let it motivate you and let that shit bite them in the ass. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, killer critics. Yeah. Shut their mouth. So the next four years, right, you know, you said after six games you were starting, you know. So how did that rest of that journey go, you know, in college and just the ups and downs? Getting- so I chose my school because, like, my head coach – like, came to my high school and, like, really sat down and talked to me, like, multiple times, like, and really wanted me to come there. So, like, no other, you know, schools, like, really showed, like, that they really loved me and they really wanted me there. So that's really why I chose Southeastern. And he just, you know, trusted me to learn from my mistakes. He let me make some mistakes. He let me learn from my mistakes. And I became a better player because of it. So when you're in college, you know, was there ever a thought of going pro or, or just like, I'm just going to go here and, you know, and just see where things land? No, nah, I mean, 
I knew like one of my goals was to graduate from college because also something like my mom motivated me to do to graduate from college. Like I'm not, I didn't go to Duke. Like I'm not about to be a, a one and done player. Like why not get my free degree? Yeah. So that's what I did. And um, that was just like, it was always to go pro. Like I always knew I could play pro. Like it was just always, you know, underlooked. Like even, I think I could have transferred from Southeastern and probably went to a bigger school and, um, you know, went to a bigger school and probably had to compete with some other recruits. Like in college, these coaches don't care. Like they'll recruit somebody over you quick. So after my sophomore, I think my freshman year, I averaged like seven points. My sophomore year, I averaged almost like 15 a game. So like everything, basically everything doubled, like rebounds, assists, steals. Like I doubled almost all my stats going into my sophomore year. So like I could have transferred, but I was like, my might as well stay where I'm loved, like where I can do what I want to do. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Where the coaches allowing me to be Marlinville, like instead of going to another school and they try to like change me up. Yeah, right, exactly. And they colleges tend to do that. Mm-hmm. And so your thing was, let me stay where I can be authentic to myself instead of kind of right. get yeah. trying to get trying to get molded in some bits of my else system. Right. Why not be a legend somewhere? Like I think I, I might like as well that. just be a legend here. Why not be a legend somewhere? That I like that. I like that. So when you got to town, like that senior year, right? You got you had to graduate. How did you think I'm, I'm gonna make this pro journey happen? I think my senior year I was like sixteen, like sixteen, seventeen a game or something like that. Like I still like going into my senior year, we had a pre like a, a preseason scrimmage. I tore my meniscus in two different like places. So I like went to the doctor. And they like, man, you got to get surgery and be out for a year, like, and sit down and red shirt. Like, I'm like, man, I'm not about to do a whole another year of college. Four years, a year, four years enough. Yeah, like, I've been here too long. Like, I'm, and then, like, that summer going into my senior year, like, I had got, I was, like, training hard, like, in Los Angeles. Like, I was feeling, like, the best I ever felt. Like, I thought I was going to average 20 plus. Like, I thought I was going to be good. And then that injury just, like, sent me back. Like, if I wasn't hurt, there's no telling. Like, I was 16 while I was hurt. My knee was the size of a melon, like, the whole season. You played, the whole, still, you played the whole season with meniscus tears. Yeah, torn meniscus. Dog, that's, that's something right there. Cause like, really, only my teammates, like, a lot of the coaches and my teammates know, like, but a lot of people don't know that, like. That's, so I that's, could average twenty plus probably. I I think I would average twenty plus. I was feeling like the best I had felt, like experience wise, you know, create my shot wise, athleticism wise. I was jumping out of the gym crazy. How did that change your game? Kind of, kind of like I've been through like the ACL things. So I know how that kind of made Man, me. I couldn't touch the rim most of the season. Like I went from always the dunker, like to like not even touching or getting close to the rim. Like the whole year. Oh dang! So it kind of alter your whole your style a little bit. Right. So like at the beginning of my senior year, I think I was shooting like fourteen percent from three because I would be leaning, and I think you know it's also a blessing. I think too, and I'm gonna tell you why. But I was shooting like fourteen percent from three, and like the first six A game, we playing Texas Tech, like we playing you know some some top teams like. And I couldn't hit a shot, and I was missing wide open shots. But I had to figure out, I'm like, why am I missing? Like, 
So like my knee was so weak that I was relying on my left leg so much to where I was like leaning on all my shots when I started to watch the film. So I just decided to like change my whole shot into like a jumping shot instead of like a flat platform shot. I started jumping on my jump shots like real hot and I started balancing more and started making a lot more of my shots. So I went from like 14 to like 39% right over the next couple of games. So like starting to jump on my shots helped me like be able to come off screens more and be more comfortable shooting. Like, so it helped me with, you know, playing against taller guards. I could jump on my, I'm used to jumping on my shots. So, so like, I think that helped me a lot. It kind of made you have to evolve your game now instead of relying on the athletics that you rely on jump shot now. Right, right. So you, so you said it was almost like a blessing. Is that what you meant by that? Right, right. No. Like it taught me to like be able to hit shots over taller players, like be able to elevate over people on certain shots. So when it came down to, you know, the years over, you're, you know, you're, you're now college graduate how did you think I'm going to go pro now? Was it just like NBA, G League, or was it always thinking like overseas? Like, how do you think about what that looked like? So, like, I was thinking, like, maybe I might be able to get, like, at least a G League tryout or something. Like, somebody might put in a word for me because I had a lot of connections. But, like, again, the G League is is pilot. Like, everything basketball is politics, like, at, at that level. So, like, if you're not on anybody's list, you know, if somebody ain't been watching you, it's tough. So, like, even my senior year, after my senior year, I just went to work out. I was working on people and just getting seen. And I wound up getting in contact with my agent. And he wound up just being able to finesse me a, a good job in a, in a good league. And I wound up being able to play well. So what's your first team overseas? Where was it? It's Finals uh, for in Boosa, Turkey. Turkey. So what was it like going from New Orleans to Turkey? It was crazy. It was like, you know, in New Orleans, it's like we under below sea level. Like mm-hmm. in Turkey, it's mountains everywhere. Like it's just whole, like totally different. The weather different. The food is crazy different. Like New Orleans is like got some of the best food in the world. Like you go to Turkey and eat like olives and eat salads. And I don't know. I don't eat that. That's nasty. <laughs> you were like, I, no, I want, I want some boudin and like that, right? Like, it's <laughs> all kind of crazy stuff I've never seen before they put in their salad. So how'd you adjust to that, you know, like going from, you know, the boudin to the, you know, the okra to the eating salads and stuff? <laughs> I mean, I just ate what, I, what they had. They had certain things that I can eat out there. So I just yeah. kept it to a minimum and ate what I, what I like. Gotcha. So, you know, you were always had the flash to you, right, to your game. So when we, when we got the turkey, was it just like, all right, I'm going to show you what I do? Oh, of course. That was like. I'm really a pro now. Like, this is my dreams come true. Like, I really got to do it. Like, this is my job now. Like, why not? Like, kill. Like, I feel like I'm about to kill. And that's that's what I do with everything, especially basketball. Like, I feel like I'm I'm about to be great. Like, nobody can guard me. That's how I just, that's just how I feel. So I'm going to go get some buckets and I'm going to be a winner. Uh, I know you say, yeah, yeah, that phrase, you know, kill the critics. Were there any critics when you, when you first stepped overseas? I think they had to have, like, it's, all, it's always going to be critics out there. Like, he played in a small D1 school. Like, he, he was going to kill them. Like, it wasn't, like, high major one, like, major D1. Like, even in high school, all, he he killing them, but he ain't going to do this against some of the top-ranked players in the nation. Like, 
So like when yeah. I finally got a chance to go pro, like I'm like I'm doing this to niggas that's been doing this for years, like, yeah. and I'm cooking. Like my first official pro game, I had 46, 11, and thirteen. Like not too many people can say like that. What they did that for their first pro game. I'm guessing you what fixed the knee? Did you have surgery, or you just let it heal naturally? So like after my senior year, after the season, I got the surgery like a week later after we lost our last game, and. Like, literally, like, a couple of days, like, maybe, as a matter of fact, I think the day after the surgery, like, they was telling us you may not be able to walk or it's going to be hurting for this amount of time. And I walked out of the hospital, like, like I walked out of the hospital, like, I felt a little pain, of course, but, like, it wasn't, like, how they was telling me. Yeah. So, like, the next day I went to class and, like, our team was playing, like, free play around, like, 2 o'clock. So, like, I walk on the court, like, I'm like, man, what the hell? Like, I don't feel no pain. Like, am I tripping? So, like, I shot the ball. You know, as a matter of fact, this is what happened. This is what made me realize it. Somebody shot the ball, and then, like, you know, when the ball go right by you fast, mm-hmm. I, like, like off reaction, I, like, ran after the ball. And I'm like, what the hell? Everybody looking at me like, what the hell? What you doing running, dude? Like, what you running for? Like, you just had surgery yesterday. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. So, like. Everybody, like, take it easy. Like, so, like, two days later, I walk in the gym after class. I'm like, man, I'm about to shoot. Like, nobody in here. So, I'm shooting. I'm like, my money feel good. Like, and another dude named Matt, like, he was a walk-on. He came down, and I just so happened to, like, dunk the ball. He was like, no way. Like, no way. You just had surgery. You just don't. I was like, nah, you got to record this. Let me see. So, he recorded, and I did a windmill. I'm like, no way. I'm like, no way, I just did it. I just had surgery three days ago, and I did a windmill. So it just so happened that the very next day I went to class, and my coach called me while I'm in class. He never called me while I'm in class. So I walk out of class, like, what's up? He was like, man, the NCAA don't contest people, like, call for you. Like, they want you to come do the don't contest. I'm like, what? You know, I can't do that. Like, it was like, you know, you can't do this, right? I'm like. I sent him this video that I just recorded, like, the day before, like, me doing a windmill. He was like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing jumping on your knee? I'm like, Coach, I, I probably could do it. Like, he was like, you shouldn't do it. So I was like, damn, yeah, you're right. Like, I just had surgery. I shouldn't do the NCAA don't contest. So, like, I waited. I called them. I'm like, you know, I just had surgery, right? They're like, we don't care. Like, somebody dropped out. We need a replacement. Like, even if you don't, don't, you could just come have your name on ESPN, like, you know, and just enjoy the event. I'm like, oh, you're cool. Like, that's a win-win, basically. Like, that's a win-win. So I went I went with my, having my mindset, like, I'm not going to dunk. But, like, we went to the arena and all the, like, people that, all the participants on the court, like, so I started dunking. I'm like, man, I feel good. Like, I might well do the dunk contest. Like, it's tomorrow night. I could go ice my knee, like, try to get it to feel as well as I can. And I wound up doing it. That's what's up. And I, I wound up having a number one play on ESPN that night. That was crazy. That's a wild story, man. Like, you went from meniscus tears, you know, played the whole season, graduated, had surgery when the season was over, you know. Then you go on the dunk contest. A week later. A week like, later. Literally a week later after surgery. You got dudes missing six months for meniscus tears, man. <laughs> Right. I mean, after the dunk contest, though, I didn't do anything, like, yeah. for a while, for maybe, like, the next two weeks. 
because like it was throbbing after the yeah. dunk contest. <laughs> like it was adrenaline wore off. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. Like the first two nights, I couldn't even sleep because it was hurting. I just had to like lay with ice on my knee. So let me ask you this, right? So when we first started, you said, you know, like your own up, you didn't have much, right? Like you were like, you know, you're grateful for what you had. So so if you could give words to advice, you know, to like some kid that's like went to the same school with you right now, you know, that's trying to, that was just like you at your age, what would you say to him? Never listen to what people got to say ever. Like nobody's opinion matters but your own. Like, Like I always felt like I was this good. But mm-hmm. if other people ain't feel like that, oh, well, it's on them. I'm still going to keep the same mindset. And that's what's going to make me better than them over time. I like that. I like that. Because just cause like, just like you said, because in the day, some people are, are dream killers, right? Right. They doubt you because they, they doubt themselves. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So that, that's what stuff that they can see you nah, doing they, great. They might doubt me just because of somebody else, like just because they never seen nobody else do what I'm doing. Like, so it's not possible for just for me to do it because you ain't seen nobody else my size do it. And you, and your, your mind says, be legendary somewhere, right? Right. Be legendary or be forgotten. Yes. Yeah. So as you kind of like now, you're a pro overseas, right? So, so what's next for you? So how the rest of, how you plan the rest of this journey going for you? I mean, it's going great. Like, I'm just going to let God, you know, stay the will and whatever happens, happens. Like, like, it just so happened, like, this league that I played in, it takes some players, like, that come from, like, my level, small D1 school, it take them three, four, five years to get to, like, the level of the league that I played in. So, like, let's, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to get, you know, get to play in first division Turkey. They got, you know, ex-NBA players, Shane Larkin, yeah. and niggas like that playing in that league. Like, they might be making 1.2 million, right? If I... Get thirty on Shane Larkin. I should be getting one point two two, huh? <laughs> hey, I think so. The, the math add up that way, yeah. I mean, that's how I should go. I think. Yeah. So I get to test my level of play and see what I'm going to do against some of the top players. And what year are you over uh, the pro? No, nah, this is my rookie year. So oh, this was your rookie year. Oh, dang. So yeah, so you got a lot of opportunity left. Oh yeah, of course. That's how I hope so. You're just getting started, man. Of course. That's what's up. So, so the last question for you then. So where are you at social media wise? Anything we can kind of mention right now? People can go follow you and check you out. Oh yeah. Uh follow me on Instagram, my first name, number zero, my last name. And then on Twitter, same thing. So like I mostly be on Instagram. So just follow me on there. Go look at my page. You're gonna it's gonna it's gonna be crazy what you see on there. You're gonna be yeah. like you're gonna share it to some people. <laughs> Yo, I want to check you out because, like, cause you're, you're, you said you're a rookie this year, so I, I can only imagine what year two is going to look like once you come oh, yeah. It's going to be crazy. Me and my agent have this setup to where I'm about to work out with this this elite trainer to get, like, my knee back right so I can shake my knee all the way back so I can get my full that lettuce in the back. Like, I didn't – that's what I'm, like, I think I'm about to – it's about, it was about to be crazy about my second year is I can get all the way healthy. Like, I can – get the, the right training I need like I can mm. take advantage of certain things like last summer I didn't have an agent to help me out like I didn't yeah. have anybody helping me get this workout or like I was doing everything on my own like so it was kind of tough but now like I got different resources so I can you know become the player that I want to be and that's what I think is going to be crazy like my second year going to be even crazier 
how'd you find your agent? Because I thought Justin whatever Justin Justin nice. Yeah, good so dude, good dude. What really happened is my barber like met him. So like my barber was telling him like, man, I got this dude. I cut his hair like me. He got I got this other dude, but this other little dude like he he nice. Like I think you should you should rock with him. He tough. So I guess like that's how that happened. Like wind up getting this link from my barber. Yeah, the barbershop where it's at, man. Right. They make all the connections. Right. <laughs> so I wind up getting with Justin and getting like a good job and a good lead to where I'm gonna be able to prove myself and be able to move up from that. And that's exactly what I think I'm gonna do. And then and mom cool with it. Mom. Oh yeah, she's straight. As long as I'm good, she good. That's what's up, man. Yo, Ron, yeah, you having you on, man, learning your story and just uh, just to see the journey. Um, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Yes, I appreciate it. Appreciate you, man. Hey, talk to you soon. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With a Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at nonpoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.